I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I think it's it's a common queer narrative that, you know, dating is a straight girl. Like it's a common thing right. me and my queer friends all talk about. Um, it's happened to me quite a few times. I've been with women who have told me that they're not gay, they're only gay for me. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that kissed a girl and liked it. I'm Carolyn Bergier. Hey, I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with G Flip about drums. About drums. They play the drums. They do, and they play them well, and so much more. But before we get to that, remember to drum up some positive reviews for us on Apple Podcasts, five stars. (laughs) If you have the time, it only takes less than a minute to give us a nice review there. Also, you can join our Patreon, a huge, huge main source of support for the podcast. If you want to stay on the beat, (laughs) can we please edit it out? (laughs) Nope, that's staying in. (laughs) Love it. You got a drum pun for our next piece of news? I'll think of it as I tell everybody that we put uh, an episode out each week on our Patreon where we talk about our personal lives, uh, gossip, where we spiral, uh, and, <laughs> you know, even uh, a little bit of gossip that kind of broke after this interview that we'll dive into a little bit, but there's been a lot of speculation around our guest for this week. and. Who they may have been 
making out with at the Abbey, as we talked about in our interview. So um, go to Patreon for more on that. Also, our next show at Stonewall is April 25th, and we'll have details on that soon. But we had our last one uh, last week now at this point. And how do you think it went? I think it went well. Um, yeah. We did an Oscars recap. A gay Oscar set. A gay, important to note. Um, but the vibes were off. Were they not off? The vibes were off, I think, for us personally. The the audience seemed good. The comics did great. The comics did great. I don't know. There's something in the air everywhere I've been this week. The vibes we, are off. The vibes have been off. We personally probably have to, we're due for a mushroom trip together to get the vibes back on track. I think that that is definitely <laughs> in order, except I'm going to be out of town. Oh, yes. Another announcement. If you're in uh, the Bay Area this week and you're listening to this on uh, April 6th, I'll be at the Valencia Room at 7 p.m. And then on the 9th, I will be at the Valencia Room again uh, at 7 and I will be at Comedy Oakland on their 8 o'clock show. So yeah. maybe I'll see some of you there. I'm excited for it. So vibes have been off, but Melody, did you have any like gay vibes this week? What's the gayest thing you did this week? My gayest thing. Mm, I'm going to have to say poppers. <laughs> poppers. <laughs> you know, poppers, girls can do poppers too. Tell me more. I've never done poppers. What was it that uh, the Lena Dunham thing where she said that like she did poppers and it made her want to eat a whole cake or something? And I'm like, huh? That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Do poppers make no, you not eat for cake? the experience. Just something Lena Dunham would say. Um, okay, but uh, <laughs> poppers are, uh, I mean, actually used to loosen your butthole for anal sex. I mean, that's where it starts. Right. So why would why would you want to eat? Something that that you want tight bowels for. Like, I feel like you want more control over your sphincter after eating no, a whole cake. It's like your whole body loosens and okay. it feels very nice when okay. you're dancing amongst bunch of queers at three dollar okay. bill. Um, I went to a party there, um, big dance party Friday night called Horse Meat Disco, uh, run by comedians. It's a play on horse meat disco, which is a gay dance party that happens in New York. But this one was a benefit for Trans Lifeline. I remember at one point they shouted over the microphone that they had raised either 12k or 14k um nice. you know i was feeling fuzzy from the poppers of it all <laughs> but <laughs> it was i love we love parting for a cause that's gay i love that you led with poppers and then trans lifeline <laughs> <laughs> um i i don't know i just uh, poppers are so funny to me it wasn't my first time doing them i definitely did them and then like Scream sang the lyrics while dancing hard to an all the things she said remix. Okay. 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 Count it. It's gay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else. It was just a fun night of um, gay debauchery for a good cause. Um, next day, I watched Gerard Carmichael's HBO special came out yesterday. Holy shit. Everyone needs to watch it. It's so good. I can't wait to watch it. And it's out by now that he comes out as gay in it. It is yes. so expertly done. It's 
gorgeously shot. It was um, directed and edited by Bo Burnham. We know he oh, can wow. make a very nice looking special. Okay. So he talks about he has a lot of secrets in his family and he gets into some of his family's secrets and then he directs to a secret he's been hiding of his own. And he says, and the secret is that I'm gay. And he expertly talks about the perceptions of the people in his life after that news. He talks about um, queerness in the black community. Um, it's funny. I like laughed. I cried. It was, uh, I was in awe. I had watched it twice. That's the gayest thing. Um, I had to watch it again first for like the content of the comedy special itself. And then for the direction, like it's just so stunning. And the way they do these like cutaway shots of audience members taking in the information, like there's a lot of like long, beats and like comfort in the silence between thoughts i love it very good special i think everyone should watch it i will definitely watch it yes all right carolyn did you do poppers this week or what's your guys thing not this week and not in a previous week i've never done poppers but (laughs) you know uh enjoy them safely folks uh (laughs) Yeah, uh, we were at a lesbian. Oh, that was also gay. Went to a lesbian brunch yesterday and someone I said I did poppers the night before and someone was like, what's poppers? I don't know what poppers uh, are. And Allie was just like, it's chemicals you put up your nose to loosen your asshole. I don't know why she did it. <laughs> I didn't learn about poppers until um, I was in my late 20s and I was like, oh, OK. Like, and I was friends with gay guys before. They just never told me about popper. People don't really, they're not forthcoming with me. I like to say I have resting narc face for some reason. Like nobody offers me cocaine. Yeah. Nobody offers me cocaine. I'm like, I've been doing comedy for 10 years and like not a single comedian has offered me cocaine. I've only. What am I doing wrong? I don't want any, but like. It's only been drunk comedian influence that that's happened for me. I'll say. Um, But interesting. Yes, so I did not do poppers, uh, but I was out and about. Big surprise. I went to one of the gayest concerts you could go to, and that was a uh, past guest combo of Sir Baby Girl and Softy. Wow. How gay does that sound? Extremely. I'm jealous. I saw the Instagram stories. It looked like yes. a party. It doesn't even capture it. So I ran into uh, some of my favorite listeners there. Um, I ran into somebody else there who I will not say on here, but, you know, check out the Patreon app. It's all there. All my feelings are out there. But let's just talk about the show itself, because I have seen Sir Baby Girl perform uh, in concert uh, elsewhere once. I've seen her... um, perform a a whole show of whole covers Mm. uh and then this was my first time seeing sir baby girl well and then then i've also seen her perform at our shows like beautiful acoustic sets this was my first time seeing her perform with her new band who she's only performed with like a few times and it is so fucking cool they're all queer and they rock 
so hard. And by the end, man, like on this one side, it just like went so hard at the end. Like we were all just like jumping around, like fists in the air, the energy. Yeah. Like it was great. I felt like, like we should all just like slam into each other. It was nuts. The, the energy, the energy that she was giving that everybody in the band, like they sound great together. Also, she did a cover of Emotions, but a cover of the Destiny's Child cover of Emotions. Okay, I saw that. Yeah, I I got chills. It was, I, I mean, I posted some of it on Instagram, but like, it, it sounded so... I can't even tell you how beautiful that was. Like, I was holy. just like, yeah. Yeah. We uh, we all had chills. Um, I saw her like rehearsing, like she posted a story of her rehearsing that I'm like, please let her sing that tonight because I love that song so much. And it's me so too. beautiful. I you know, know they played uh, it at Stonewall. Um, there's a piano yes! bar. So they yes! were just playing it. You were backstage talking to Rin. I was sitting with Cecile and we were waiting That's for you. That's when I took all the money out. I'm like, oh, Rin, hold on. I have to tip this piano guy for playing this song. And yes! I took out the money. I didn't know that. you were... I love geeking out about it backstage. I was fully, <laughs> no one was there at the show yet, but he, yeah, that was one of the first songs, the piano player. And I was like, I'll be the vocalist. I didn't actually right? get on the mic that they had set up on stage, but I didn't need it. I was, uh, not scream singing, but really I would have joined you in on the harmony singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The harmony. We had three of us. We could have done Destiny's I Child know. on Monday. Such a good song. Revisit. Yes. Uh, Sir Baby Girl played some new songs. One made Cecilia cry um, about mental health. It was very good. Uh, her mom was there selling merch was cute. Softy also was killing it. Uh, that was my first time seeing Softy perform not at one of our shows. So that was really great because I've just been listening to so much Softy lately. And yeah, I don't know. It was just I love it. I love how talented our guests are. I love supporting them at their shows and whatever they do in life. So that's that. That was my gayest thing. So gay. Love it. So gay. So good. So gay. Oh, and I was hanging out with past guest uh, Alina Street, who was there to to see the concert as well. So oh, yeah, a good yeah. mix of excellent people at the Knitting Factory. Uh both of them have new music coming out, so so keep an eye out for that. Um, okay, we're going to get into our uh, interview, but before we do, I do want to say, because we're diking out about drums, and um, since we recorded this interview a couple weeks ago, uh, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters tragically passed away, and I just bring it up because two of our past guests... Um, Barbara Grushka and Samantha Sidley sing backup for the Foo Fighters mm-hmm. and have been um, touring with them for years. So since we first met Samantha, which was your first official interview My as first co-host, co-host. Yes. and they were talking about the Foo Fighters and through all of their uh, Instagram stories over the years, we've, uh, you know, seen how close they are and they're really like a family. So when I heard the news that Taylor passed away, uh, my heart broke for them and they, um, the Foo Fighters like had to cancel the rest of their tour dates to grieve. And it just sounded like he was uh, an incredible person and it's really, really tragic. So I just 
um, I don't know, want to. Yeah, I'm sure we would have discussed it with G Flip. Um, right. If we had recorded right. more recently. Definitely. And I know that he was very much admired by uh, a lot of drummers out there. So um, our thoughts are with like everybody who was affected by that. Um, It sucks when that happens. But uh, today, switching gears, we are diking out with drummer and pop star G Flip, whose new single, Gay For Me, is out now. I was actually supposed to see G Flip perform in L.A. back in December uh, at that Eden Entertainment event. And I got COVID and I couldn't go. And G Flip was one of the performances that I was really looking forward to, because if you look them up, uh, it's just so fun to watch somebody just rock out so hard on the drums uh, while singing. They recently toured with Fletcher. So I know a lot of you have been going to Fletcher's shows. So maybe you were able to uh, catch one of the ones with G Flip. Uh, but now they're back and they're here diking out with us. Let's get to it. Let's go. G Flip, thank you so much for being here today and diking out with us. How's it going? Yeah, what's up, crew? Um, yeah, I'm having a good day. It's a nice, beautiful morning here in LA and might go for a walk. So yeah, I'm stoked. Nice, nice. It is 9 a.m. there. Are you an early riser? I feel like my body clock's really off at the moment because I just got off tour. And on tour, it's just like chaos. You never going to bed or waking up at the same time. So right now I'm just a bit all over the place, but I don't mind a morning. I like a morning. Tell our listeners who you were just on tour with. I was just on tour with Fletcher and also Kay Flay. And how was that? How many shows did you end up doing with, with Fletcher? Um, with Fletcher, I did, I think it was about 11 or 12 shows. Nice. Um, and it was honestly... I think like that tour was one of the highlights of my entire life. Like the amount of fun I had, like every day I just like had a little happy cry in the back of the tour bus. Like, is this really happening? Is this really my life? And like watching Fletcher sing every night and perform every night, like she brings me to tears, just like her voice and the emotion and like watching the audience just in, in awe of her and like, the whole show was so amazing and I got very close with the whole crew. Speaking of happy cry, I did. I listened to a podcast you were on in 2020. Um, it was an Australian one and I am blanking on the name of it. But you did mention a happy cry, a sad cry. You cried on the podcast a few times. I just need to know your sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm a Virgo oh, okay. with a rising Libra Sagittarius moon. Okay. Interesting. I assumed Pisces, Cancer, like yeah, I know you would assume crying that. Crying is Pisces. <laughs> Fletcher was going through my chart, trying to work out where I get all my emotions from. Because every time she's like, looks at me side of stage, I'm like crying my eyes out to her song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. What were these audiences like at at these shows? I just I'm picturing just a queer Gen Z sea of haircuts. Yeah, haircuts. It was definitely 
just a big old gay time. It was very queer, yeah. very, very queer. Euphoria, eye makeup, like that. <laughs> yeah, it was super, super queer. But like, you know, that's the best thing about queer audiences is they're so supportive and so reactive. So the audiences are like the best audiences because you can do anything and they're just like eating it up and being so supportive and yelling. Like I was a bit, I wasn't nervous, but like I knew going into it, like a lot of these audiences don't have any idea who I am. And like by the end of my set, they're all chanting my name. And it was like, these audiences oh, yes. rock. Like, this is crazy. Melody, I know you're thinking what I'm thinking. Big difference between a queer comedy <laughs> well, audience and a queer music audience. <laughs> I was just thinking that, Carolyn. <laughs> Wasn't going to bring it up. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> was it a queer show, performing on a queer show recently? And um, a gay guy w- was up doing his jokes and somebody um, was not happy with them in the audience and kept yelling, that's not funny, over and over until he stopped. <laughs> So, you know, a little bit of a different vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No one did that to me. Thank God. No one did that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before we get into anything, though, we do need to ask you, what is the gayest thing you did this week? Was it crying at Fletcher? Was it (laughs) crying at something else or something completely unrelated? The gayest thing I did this week, probably... I was at the Abbey a couple nights ago making out with someone. So that's the, probably the oh, gayest that's thing great. I did this week. Count it. <laughs> that's got to be the gayest thing. <laughs> How are things at the Abbey? What's the scene like? Is it packed? Is it back to... I was there on a Monday night. So, you know, it was pretty low-key and quiet. But I had like definitely like plus six margaritas in my system. So, yeah. <laughs> bit hazy (laughs) yeah what is like the party scene I guess in general because LA doesn't have an actual lesbian bar it just has like I don't know lesbian nights or queer nights or whatever the language is uh now to describe uh these parties but are there a lot of them are they are they back do you frequent them in in LA yeah I'm such a newbie here. Like I don't actually have a house yet. I think I'm about to get my own place here, but I'm so fresh here. I've been to the Abbey once and then another queer club on that West Hollywood strip. And that is all. So I'm, look, if you have any tips for me, if you know (laughs) anywhere to go, I would love to know, but I'm fresh here. I'm like the new kid on the block. So Got it. Got it. Okay. I think because I just knew that you were getting booked for like Eden Entertainment events and stuff. I just figured you're like at all the parties, like <laughs> just now, now that I'm moving here, maybe, you know, this face will be at a lot of parties. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Was this move probably impacted by the pandemic? Uh, were you planning on moving prior to that? Take us through that journey. Yeah, I was actually kind of meant to move here March 2020, but then a little illness took over the world. So (laughs) that disrupted that. But no, I feel like for me, definitely in COVID, it got me really thinking about my goals and what I want to do with my life. You know, we had so much time, especially in Melbourne, Australia, we had the hardest lockdown. So I was in my my two bedroom apartment, just like left with my own thoughts. So 
I really got thinking about, you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life, the impact that I want to have on the world and like what music I want to create, what's the next steps for me. And it really made me go quite deep and um, reflect a bit. And I realized that what I feel like my purpose in the world is to be what I never had as a kid. So when I was watching music and obsessed with like MTV and musicians, I was watching all these artists on TV and they were so feminine and, you know, very sexy. And then I was just this like little queer non-binary kid, like wearing the boys' uniform to school and just like felt so confused and had so many dark voices in my head because there wasn't any representation of what I am now as an artist, which is a queer non-binary drumming lead singer, solo artist. And I know that if I saw that on TV when I was that little kid, it would have absolutely changed my life, like calmed the darker voices in my head that were so confused. So I feel like, you know, with this move to the US, it's to try push my project as far as I can to have an impact. And right now in Australia, I get beautiful letters from like parents and kids who say like just seeing me drumming on TV and wearing the clothes that I wear has made them feel, you know, like they have someone to look to and like that's so powerful. So if I can do that on any wider scale, then I think that's the the job that I want to go for and, you know, try my hardest at and die trying. Yes. Love that. Yeah, it's true. Your your lyrics are so queer. I just I can't imagine the impact that would have had on me as a kid because I would just project different pronouns into songs and <laughs> right. <laughs> like, make the songs what I wanted them to be, but you have fully gay lyrics. There's mm-hmm. yeah, no doubt about it. I-, I love it. I mean, plus even just seeing someone like you on drums uh, would have made me freak out. Right? <laughs> Growing up. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, that's what I'm here in LA to do. Try, you know, play more shows and get an audience over here and yeah, just spread it out, spread the love. So let's rewind all the way back. You're, you're a kid growing up in Australia. When do you know that you're interested in music? Who are you looking up to? Who's influencing you as a kid? Mm-hmm. So nine years old, I got my first drum kit. And it's because my older cousin played drums. Um, he was always playing his drum kit at like family events. And I had this weird like obsession with his drum kit. My uncle, auntie and uncle bought me my own drum kit at nine years old. So I'd just play at home. But then when I was 12 years old, I met Jenny, who was my drum teacher. I have Jenny tattooed on my neck. And Jenny was the most influential person in my whole entire life. Like if she was missing from my life, I wouldn't be sitting right here doing this interview with you both. Um, She was the first person that I like looked up to and was like me like she was a drummer singer and we became really really close she taught me drums for um about eight years I did the same music course as her um she was about 10 years older than me and we just did lessons she'd leave the drum key out for me at high school and then I'd wag class and just go play drums all day um and (laughs) Yeah, she was such a legend. She sadly passed away. Um, oh, no. And, and I think when she passed it, like, so many conversations we used to have when I was a kid. And when you're a kid, then your brain's molding like that. 
you have such like these people and these idols in your life have such an impression on you. So like all her dreams became all my dreams and everything we talked about is what, what I wanted to do. And we'd talk about touring America and we'd talk about being a drumming lead singer. And then all these conversations me and her had when she passed really came to the surface in me. And I was like, Whoa, like, like, we both wanted to just like play drums and tour Australia and tour the world. And I feel like she's given me this gift and taught me how to play drums. Like she taught me how to sing and play drums. She used to ask me questions while I played on the drum kit. So I'd play drum charts and then she'd be like, so how's your day flip? How, like, what are you doing tonight? And like, it'd separate the, like me talking and me playing drums. And there's just things that I'm like, holy shit. She like molded me to be this like, creation so I've got to go after my dreams and be like the role model that she was for me and do that for others and yeah and then I guess that kind of took me I started playing drums in lots of bands traveled the world as a drummer decided I wanted to go solo and then that's a whole nother story then I get to G flip going solo so yeah wow sounds like everybody needs a Jenny in their life 100% I just can't get over it. That's so impressive that you can sing and drum at the same time. I tried drumming <laughs> as a kid. My sister played drums and I played guitar and I would try and get on the kit and I couldn't do one thing with one hand and one thing with another. So I can't even wrap my head around singing and drumming. So impressed. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are always like, how? And I'm like, it's literally autopilot. I feel like my body's on autopilot and all I'm thinking about is don't fuck up these lyrics. That's all my brain's thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you really don't see that too much. Right. Like I was trying to rack my brain for other examples. A lead singer yeah. and a drummer. Yeah. Who else is doing that? I don't really think there is a solo artist at the moment doing it. The last person that I can think of, oh well, Anderson Pack does play drums and sing sometimes, but Phil Collins is the last. But there's never been like a female presenting or non-binary. Um, human that's a, like right. solo artist and their main instrument is drums which for me I'm like fuck I've got my lane like I've got my lane no one <laughs> else is doing it so Hell let's yeah. give it a crack but that can also be a challenge right it can help you stand out but if no one else is doing it sometimes people are um like apprehensive I guess because mm. uh, you know when you look at the industry they don't like to take risks uh, necessarily, um, unless that has changed. But how how have you found it, like being this thing that that's just like very unique that people aren't used to? I think it honestly gives me just a bit of confidence, you know. Like I feel <laughs> I'm like stoked about it, but also like my most comfortable self is behind a drum kit. So I start every single show with like a drum solo, and I end every show on drums as well. So. Drums is my most comfortable instrument and it's my first instrument. Like I'm actually not a trained singer. I've never had a lesson. I really need to get some singing lessons um, to make sure I'm not doing damage. But I've had just (laughs) drum lessons my whole life and drums is my most happiest spot. So I couldn't do it without a drum kit. What is it about the drums? Is there something specific that just like ignites you? I think like... I've got ADHD and I'm like a hectic, chaotic human. And like the thought of just getting the whack shit with sticks is very appealing. <laughs> <laughs> very appealing. You talked about breaking out on your own 
with industry constraints, how did you break through? You had to take things sort of in your own hands. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, I guess then, so I played in lots of bands drumming and then I decided I wanted to go solo because I kind of wanted to be my own boss. And I reached out to a lot of producers. I reached out to people and no one wanted to listen to my demos. So I was like, fuck this, I'll be my own producer. So I taught myself how to produce off YouTube in my bedroom and I gave myself about a year to write as many songs as I could produce them out and then I'll have a short list by the end of the year of about 10 songs to send to you know management and labels around Australia I also strategically this is a fun little fact I made a Instagram account called that blonde drummer and I made drum videos every single day for almost a year so I'd get to at least like 20k followers and then I switched the handle over to G flip and then started posting G-Flip content. So when I sent my demos to management and labels, I just I thought that there's a chance nowadays people actually just look at follow account, which yeah. is shitty, and I For fucking sure. I fucking hate that. Yeah. Cuz just because you have a follow account doesn't mean you're a talented songwriter or you know what I mean? Right. Um but I was like I need these motherfuckers to listen to my demos so badly. So I'm going to go to the effort of doing a drum video every day under that blonde drummer and then change the handle over to G Flip, put all these press photos and then send my demos out. So there's more of a chance that they're going to click that link and listen to my demos. And then had that all ready to go. And then like a day before I was going to send out all my emails, I went to, it was like a music talk in Melbourne where they had different managers and booking agents talking about the industry. And I'd go to all of these to try work out, work out who I wanted my dream team to be, like who I wanted my booking agent to be, who I wanted my publicist to be. So I wrote a little list. And then I went to this talk. I saw a manager called Michael Parisi um, have a chat to the audience about the music industry. And then I just walked up straight away after he finished his talk and just said, you need to listen to my demos. I'm a drummer lead singer. You need to check them out. Like, you're going to love them and just like convinced him. And then he just kind of looked at me and said, I'm actually going to listen to these songs. And then he went (laughs) home, he went home, listened to my demos. And then he called me and said, I want you like at my office Monday morning to have a chat. And then he was keen to work with me, like sign me, manage me. And then, and I love Michael. He's fucking awesome. Love that guy. Um, And then I just kind of told the rest of the music industry that. And then I just kind of, you know, did the thing where you just meet up with everyone for the next few months and really solidify who you think will be the right fit and right team for you. And I was lucky enough to get to kind of choose and piece together who my people ended up being. So, yeah. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. 
That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Does the social media stuff come natural to you? Because it seems like that is such a big component to being in the entertainment industry in any form nowadays. And uh, there can be so much more emphasis on this, like get more followers. And to get more followers, it's like a very different kind of content creation than just what you actually want to be great music. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think nowadays in like, in the music industry, a lot of artists are talking about how, you know, they just want to write songs and be a musician and suddenly we've signed up to this life where we're also influencers now, which doesn't come natural to everyone. I think for me, I like, I'm pretty comfortable in front of a camera and I just don't really give a fuck too much. So I'm like happy to just chat away in front of a camera and I'm not too shy of it. So uh, for me, it doesn't really phase me too much. But I know for other musician friends I have, it is really hard because it's like, that's not their thing. They're they don't want to talk in front of a camera. They just want to sing their songs behind a keyboard or a guitar. I wish my ADHD manifested the same way yours did. I love <laughs> you're like so driven. I'm going to make a video every day. Um, <laughs> it's just really inspiring. I'm, yeah, I'm very intense like that. There's even um, there's a story. There was, I went to, I really wanted to go to the Independent Music Awards to network and meet some managers. This is before I released a song. And I called a radio station like 50 times to try win tickets to it. And I got on and I answered the question right. And then I got to go to the Air Awards. And I was there networking. And it was a year later that I actually was on stage receiving the Best New Artist Award. And then I (laughs) I told the story to everyone. And I was like, I was that really annoying like human bugging all of you last year. And I'm like really sorry that I was like trying to get your emails and getting you to listen to my demos. But hey, it worked out a little bit maybe. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So let's talk about being a drummer and dating. I feel like that would attract a lot of queer women. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? It's this Fletcher tour and this K-Fay tour I've never had more people into me, I guess, <laughs> like <laughs> thirsty times. Like the DMs that I was receiving after every show, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is hectic. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> How, like, what do you do with all that attention? Oh, I like, you know, I don't think you should ever sleep with a fan. I think that's a little bit weird. Right. But yeah, it's just nice. I normally just say thank you. Like people are like, oh, like you're so sexy and all this shit. And I'm just like, thanks. A little like love. TYXX. Thank you so much. Or like, you're so lovely. Thank you. Like, yeah, it's nice. Since coming out non-binary last year, I'm like, feel way more better about myself, like my self-confidence and being like cool with what I look like and like just like owning myself and my body more. So I think since that, like last year, I feel like way more comfortable and like like I'm into myself. I'm like I'm stoked with myself. Yeah, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Not up myself but like, you know, just comfortable in my own skin. Sure, sure. I mean, can you – Tell us a little bit more about that journey to coming out as non-binary. Like when you look back, what are some things that you're like, oh, yeah, this makes a lot more sense now that I know this about myself? Yeah, I feel like the story that I always kind of bring up, which is like, for me, like the first kind of feeling that I was between genders is when I was about seven or six or seven years old. I'd go to uh, primary school in the boys' uniform and I had short hair and I'd hang out with all the boys. The guys were my best friends. I'd play footy with them, roll in the fucking mud. Like I was always part of their crew, go to their houses on the weekends. And then one day I went to go sit with them and they all said, you can't sit with us because you're a girl and you can no longer play with us. And I was there in my little boys uniform with my short hair and I remember trying to plead my case and being like I'm just like all of you there's no difference I'm playing footy with you we got Pokemon cards like we're the same and they didn't want me to play with them so then I've walked over to you know some of the girl groups and they're all wearing dresses and then they don't want me to play with them because I'm a boy and I'm wearing (laughs) a boys uniform So then I remember being a little bit of a loner at that stage of my life and like playing a lot by myself because I was kind of ostracized and I was in between. I couldn't play with the boys, couldn't play with the girls. I was this in between kind of, you know, in between genders. And for me, like that memory and that story in my head when I finally did, you know, come to the realization that, oh, I'm so non-binary. Like that story like made me emotional thinking about it because it was like, holy fuck, if the world was educated on what it is to be non-binary and that your clothes, like whatever, you can express yourself however you want with your clothing, like it doesn't matter. And like, so yeah, that that story always hits home. And then once I like started having a conversation on what it was to be non-binary and I was educating my friends, I'd always be like, you know, I really understand. Like I fully get it. And I like almost was talking from a point that I am non-binary. So then I like really like thought about it and really understood what it was like, really like looked online to like educate myself. And like, it was just like no brainer that I'm non-binary. Like, it's like, I remember looking at myself as a kid in the mirror, like really close to the mirror and being like, I think you're a bit of a boy though. Like you feel, I feel like I'm a boy, but I also feel like, I'm not fully a boy, like, feel like a bit of a mix, like, like, 
if blueberries were boys and strawberries were girls, like, and you put them in a smoothie, I'm just a gender smoothie. <laughs> I'm a, a gender smoothie. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I am a gender smoothie and it makes so much sense. And do you know what's so empowering about it? Like coming out non-binary, like I went to the shops and I bought like a men's cologne, like perfume. And like, I love smelling like a guy. Like, and beforehand, I would never do that because I felt like I was in this female box. And it's like, like just little things like that. Like when my ex-girlfriend called me handsome one time, it was the first time I ever felt a compliment. People would call me beautiful and pretty and I'd reject those compliments. And then came out non-binary and she was just so, so gentle and so caring and like understood what it was to be non-binary and she really helped me with my coming out and she once I wore a suit once and she called me handsome and I remember like <laughs> like blushing and like tears in my eyes and I had to like leave the room I was like oh my god I'm handsome like that's awesome <laughs> and it really is the little things one of my best friends came out as non-binary over the last year or two and it was the word handsome that made them just break down in tears um yeah yeah, I love to hear that. So then you had to come out. Did you have to come out to your parents twice then? Um, yes. We know you're from Melbourne, which is a pretty populous city. How are attitudes there in relation to um, your family? Yeah, definitely me coming out gay. My parents were just like, oh, yeah, cool. What do you want for dinner? Like it was very chill. <laughs> me coming out non-binary to be honest was extremely hard and they're still grappling with it and they're still like dad's like I don't really understand it but I approve and I support you you know and then my mum's like oh, I, I kind of get it but she my mum still never uses my right pronouns constantly I'm still she her which mm -hmm. I know it's just going to take time you know they're older generation it's harder to understand but as long as I'm continuously trying to educate them and, um, you know, educate as many people as I can, I think, you know, what I'm feeling with it, you know, that'll be eradicated one day the more we educate. So, um, you know, it's hard, but it, it's okay. What about even before then when you had to come out as a drummer? How did your parents <laughs> feel? Because it's a lot of noise. My dad wanted to be a rock star when he was a kid and his parents never approved. So he he's always approved and, like, supported me and, like, driven me to drum lessons and, like, taken me places yes. where my mum was always like, all right, G, but, you know, maybe just, like, get a teaching degree. You love, like, you know, <laughs> kids and teaching. So maybe, like, and drums can be, like, a fallback. And I was like, no, mum, you don't believe in me. <laughs> I remember an angsty teenager being like, Mom, you don't believe in me. But now my mom's so supportive and my family's so supportive of what I do. And their favorite thing to do is come and follow me at festivals and just get blind drunk. Like, <laughs> like crazy drunk. Like my mom is like sometimes just she's out there. I remember she I played a festival with Coolio and my mom lost oh my her God. shit. Yeah. Mum's at, mom's at the like the front, like between the barrier of fans and the stage. Mum is wasted, lit, like dancing to Coolio, just like crying because she's like, "This is so good." Like, and I'm like, "Oh God, Mum, I'm gonna be taking these wild Australian parents around the world with me. They're crazy." So that's where you get the crying from. That your mom also cries 
uh, at musicians who move her. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> Coolio. Especially Coolio. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't thought about Coolio in a while and <laughs> I'll be doing a deep dive after this recording. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like there are certain qualities that drummers have in common? Like being a drummer, it just seems like such a choice. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. Like when, yeah, when you, when you look at bands and stuff, it's like the, the drummer always seems to be like a little bit in their own, in their own world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I reckon a little bit in their own world and normally a little bit mischievous, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which I think fits the bill for me. I'm a little bit mischievous and I, you know, I get myself into a little bit of trouble, but I'm always very kind and open and transparent about it. And like, I never mean to harm anything or break, like I might accidentally break something, but it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) It also feels like there's a lot of power in being the drummer, like especially in in a band. Like you're, I mean, you're literally like setting the, the tempo. You're in the middle, usually like in the in the back, you have a view of everything that's going on. I don't know. I just think that there's something really cool and interesting to being in that position. Yeah, definitely. When I'm sitting on the drum throne. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of power to it, especially like I do a drum solo over five minutes in the middle of my set and like yeah it's just like you're like it's so physical like the the kit is so physical that you just like can power out on it and also like growing up if I'd ever have like anger bursts or sad bursts or gone through a breakup like there's nothing better than just like thrashing a drum kit yeah it's a powerful instrument are you thinking about beats beyond the set? Are you do you use a drum machine or delve into any of that or just the classic drum kit? Normally classic drum kit. I also have like an electronic drum kit and drum machines. I mix it up with my production, but I think now since having COVID and really thinking about what I want to do with my life, like drums is my main instrument and there's yet to be like a solo artist who is a drummer yeah. Um, and I really feel like that's my lane and it's also just, you know, what's at my heart as well. Drums is my favourite thing in the world so I want to push that. So definitely my next songs and next records, drums will be a big focus. Your songs uh, seem to be inspired a, a lot by relationships and, and different people in, in your life. Uh, how do people feel about that or when you date people are they nervous like oh are you gonna write like a you know you ought to know kind of scathing breakup song about me when this is over (laughs) yeah I guess like my first record was all written from one relationship so then my partners afterwards like would always maybe ask me little questions about that like yeah like um but all my songs are written from first-hand experiences and the stories and the chapters in my life. So, and women draw a lot of emotion out of me because I just love women and I, they're just so like mesmerizing to me. And like I fall hard and I get a lot of inspiration and feelings from my relationships that I have. So, 
yeah, that does tend to happen. I do tend to write music about wonderful people in my life. Oh, you have a new single out or recent single called Gay For Me. Is that Mm -hmm. based on one specific person or is that kind of like a a trend that you have uh, a lot of women going gay for you? (laughs) I wouldn't say a lot. Um, (laughs) No, Um, it has. I think it's it's a common queer narrative that, you know, dating a, a straight girl, like it's a common thing me and my queer friends all talk about um it's happened to me quite a few times I've been with women who have told me that they're not gay they're only gay for me and that's always like kind of stuck with me I also just think like sexuality is so fluid if you vibe if you vibe someone if you have an energy no matter what your sexuality is like if you vibe someone you can't help that you just do I'd very much rather the people I date just say that rather than tell me that they're only gay for me. Like, just be like, right. Like, I'm into the vibe. This is cool, you know? Anyway, so I did write, write that song. And then um, my very, very dear and close friend, Lauren Sanderson, jumped on the track with me. And it was honestly one of the most fun releases and songs I've released. And it goes off live, especially at these Fletcher shows. <laughs> that that song everyone is just screaming it and I was like this is so cool so yeah <laughs> did you have I guess like exes reach out and be like is this about me <laughs> I I had uh, a Carolyn people, loves drama <laughs> yeah, a few people a few people three people have messaged me being like is it about me or like I've spoken to them on the phone, it's like, or in person, and they've kind of been like, the song's about me. Is this song about me? Like in a cheeky, like not really asking me, but kind of asking me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a, a few people have wondered. But um, yeah, it's kind of across the board song yeah. about all of those experiences. <laughs> but, yeah. Hmm. Do you date other musicians or have any rules about things like that? I've never dated a musician before, no but I'm open to. <laughs> okay. You hear that? Musicians. <laughs> Are your DMS open? <laughs> I'm, I'm down musicians. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you know, you say you don't, uh, you don't date fans, which I think is a, a great policy to have. Um, but also given, you know, your, your rising star, uh, you, it's probably weird being on the apps too. Like you wouldn't, or, or are you on the apps? Like how, how do you meet people? I've got, what's it called? Right. Raya. Raya. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never know. I think it's Raya. Yeah. I, that's what yeah. I'm, on, I'm on that, but I like never look at it. Never, yeah. never check it out. You don't check it out just to see who's on it. <laughs> no. I, My friends I, who are on, I'm like, who else is on it? Like, <laughs> I, I forget, but right now I'm like, I don't know, I've just gotten out of a relationship and I'm really like, I've done so much therapy and I'm looking back at all my relationships and I just feel like I just need to be on my own for a little bit. Still have little, maybe little flings, little rendezvous. Little makeouts like, at the Abbey. Yeah. yeah, you know, a little, little bit of here and there, but like relationship wise, um, I feel like I want to just focus on myself because I feel like the healthiest way to have a relationship is to be totally solid and like not dependent on anyone by yourself because 
The sure. worst is when you're in a relationship and you're both so like dependent on each other that it becomes toxic and it's like like not a, it's not good for the relationship. So I just want to make sure that I'm the most emotionally intelligent I can be and like the most mature so my next relationship is a really beautiful good one and it's healthy as fuck. So I'm like right now just going through that motion of like I think I just need to be by myself and like make sure I'm all good and I'm okay. But, you know, don't mind a little, you know, cheeky pash here and there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wait, I don't know. Did you say pash? Yeah, pash. P-A-S-H, pash. A party, a party, a party pash. A little post-show pash, you know, something. <laughs> I have to Google it. I've never heard Pash before. Yeah, Pash. I was down at the Abbey having a Pash. Okay. I was at the party having a Pash. Yeah, pash is, is the word. Love it. I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess especially if you are going to want to be touring more, it also makes sense not to, you know, be trying to, to start a, a relationship. It, is that in the next year or so, what, what you're going to be focusing on now that things have opened up more? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm so thankful for K-Flay and Fletcher for allowing me to come on these tours with them because it's given me a chance to get an audience here. I feel like I'm very much up and coming for the USA, like kind of people are just finding out about me through like the Fletcher shows and the K-Flay shows. So. I definitely want to grow a fan base here to try be able to do my own solo tour here. That's like my absolute, if I got to do my own solo tour here in the US, I will cry so long. Like, we believe it. Oh, we know this. <laughs> yeah. I would be that happy. Like I would be, that's my like ultimate goal and dream. Like to do a tour here also because I play in a band with my two best mates who've played with me since day one and the joy that, that it would bring those two beautiful humans as well is something that like I'm going to work so hard to try get for them because all they want to do is be on the road and play shows and like seeing their joy on stage with me is just so like if I can give that to them then that's what I'm going to die trying to do. Well, that's beautiful. Have a favorite city in the U.S.? that you got to perform or anything that surprised you on the U.S. tour? Yeah, there was a few cities. I really, like, I, the first stop was North Carolina, and I thought that place was wild. Like, we rocked up, we got beers at the hotel lobby, and then the guy, the bartender was like, you know what, there's a place around the corner called Tattoos and Booze. You can just go drink and get tattoos. And I was like, fuck, that's so illegal in Australia. You can't <laughs> do that. So I went around the corner. And started sinking bevies and getting tattoos from this guy in <laughs> North Carolina, day one of tour. I was like, this place is fucking wild. Um, <laughs> so that was fun, North Carolina. Then Atlanta was like so responsive, like the crowd like wouldn't stop cheering for me, which was like really beautiful. And Dallas were just going, Jay Flip, Jay Flip for like so long like mid-set after the set and they really loved me what what was the venue in atlanta <clears throat> i used to live there just curious i would have no fucking clue i've got no idea <laughs> was it like enclosed or was it a amphitheater or... it was in enclosed kind of like okay. a big big square box room had a massive car park out the front of it 
It was Terminal West. I googled. Oh, oh, okay. Terminal yeah, West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> How do your Australian fans feel about you being the, in the U.S.? Aren't they going to be? They don't like it. Sad that you're not <laughs> as available. Yeah. They get messages every day. It's like, "Gee, come home," and I'm like, I, I, "I am coming home." Like Melbourne will always be my home, and I'll always be playing Australian shows, and I'll always be going back there. My family also live there. I can't wait to go back in two weeks' time. I'm always going to be going back and forth. Um, but yeah, a few people and my friends are a little bit sad because they like having me around. I've been best friends with the same people since I was like eight years old. So I get I get some cheeky DMs from Australians being like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> yeah. Is there like a network of Australian musicians in the US that kind of like help each other out? Is there like camaraderie along those lines? And is Sia at the top of it? No. <laughs> like, who's Australia? I've it's just never. like silver chair and Sia just helping everyone out. <laughs> I wish. I wish silver chair and Sia would help me out. That'd be great. Right. Um, no, there definitely is like September is when like our borders open um, for artists to go over here to the US. And it was like all of us Australians were here at the exact same time. And we're all just chilling out at Tones and I's big house that she rented here, which was so fun. And just, you know, Aussies, we, we stick together. And hopefully if everything works out with this house I've been looking at to rent, I've got a spare bedroom that's always going to be open for any of the Aussie musician friends or anyone who comes over for trips. And I really want to make, you know, they're like a little Aussie safe space here for everyone so yeah there's definitely like I've been messaging some Aussie artists who are over here at the moment to just hang out go for a hike go for a walk so um yeah there's definitely a cute little Aussie friendship between all the Aussie artists awesome what's next is there recovery time is there like a slump (laughs) um do you just like (laughs) kind of rest and then (laughs) assess I'm pretty go, go, go all the time. And I feel like now's my chance to really go for it so I can sleep later. (laughs) But yeah, I'm finishing songs. I'm in the studio on the weekend recording drums. I'm piecing everything together, shooting music videos, just getting all the next steps going, getting everything together to just try belt out 2022. Awesome. And where can our listeners follow you, find your music? catch you on yeah tour what, what's the best way to get all that information my instagram's just g flip and also when i say g flip some people think because my accent that when i say g it sounds like i'm saying the letter j for jelly beans so i just want to let everyone know i'm saying g yes. for gay g for perfect gay, way to remember g for girls g flip you can <laughs> find me on instagram is g flip tiktok g flip music twitter g flip music uh, Facebook, G Flip Music, G Flip in Spotify, Apple, Pandora, all the streaming services. Just Google my name, maybe. Chuck me in YouTube. I don't know. Find, <laughs> yes. find me, find me running on the loose somewhere in LA. I can't wait at the to Abbey catch a live for show. a little pass. <laughs> yeah, or run into you <laughs> at a gay bar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but only like don't disturb me if I'm having a patch. Maybe just absolutely. wait. Till yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ma- <laughs> wait till post patch. Now that I yeah. know what that is, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you, well, so, thank you much. so much. Ah, yeah. James. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. 
No worries. Out about drumming. Hell Love yeah. it. <laughs> no worries. This has been a very, very funny interview, and I hope we get to do another one one day. Last week, we had a listener question that was wondering what they were doing wrong in, in the dating world. And, uh, you know, we said, if you want to send in a, a listener question, that's just having us look at your uh, your dating app profile, do that, and we'll talk about it. And we're not going to give any identifying details or anything like that. And we will be kind. And to prove that, we're going to do that right now. So somebody sent in screenshots of a Bumble profile. This is Bumble, right? I would not know. I have some thoughts, but Melody, you are the expert. So so this person, just for context, yeah. I'm the expert. Bumble. I couldn't even identify Bumble. Okay. Well, <laughs> we've the- been out of the game. I used to be on Bumble. Yes, yes, yes. I've never done dating apps. So you're you're the expert, but as some like I can say what my thoughts are as if I were to come across this profile, this person um said that they got dumped and they're ready to get out there. So they need uh, all the help they can get. Even though this isn't part of the profile, I would say don't don't talk about your ex when you're getting back out there if you just got got dumped. Oh, Keep yeah. that uh, if you're feeling no better about that. really wants to hear it. Don't bring it up. Don't bring Maybe it up. if you start dating and then eventually you're talking about past exes, traumas, yeah. etc. Yeah. And don't let someone goad you into it. Yeah, don't let somebody, nobody needs that. Nobody needs a rant. Okay, so um, Melody. We've got a nice picture and we've got a dog already off to a great start, okay? You're lying in the grass, you're playing with a dog. That's fun. You look great. You've got your top artists on Spotify. All signs point to queer. We've got Halsey. We've got Kesha, Haim, Tegan and Sarah, like Odessa Logic. Okay, maybe she can dance. We love it. <laughs> what are you what are you making a face for? John Mayer. I know. Yeah. I was like, is she gonna <laughs> I left what? it out? You're gonna <laughs> alienate all of the Taylor Swift fans. Mm. You're gonna alienate and Taylor Swift fans that is by something having you have John to consider and going there. after yeah. Do women you want or Taylor? queers. Maybe that's something that you're screening for. Maybe you do not want uh, Swifties swiping on you. Then that's fair. Or you can't control you. your top artists. You can't. Well, stop well, listening, I mean, John Mayer. If I guess you could yeah. control that. But otherwise, we're off to the races in a fantastic way. My only thing here is sunglasses. There are multiple pictures with sunglasses and I just don't understand having sunglasses in a picture. Because you have beautiful blue eyes. You have gorgeous see. eyes. You you Show are Show them off up front. Yes. Okay, yeah. You have great eyes. I mean eyes. it is a very sunny day in this profile pic. That's true. And outdoor lighting is nice, but the main pic you do have um your sunglasses on and then another woman reflected in them <gasps> did you right? zoom in no i just opened the picture oh i see another yes we yeah, have yeah, another other. sunglasses pick great yeah. pick. we do see another potential partner looking back at you you're very good looking you don't need sunglasses but i get it i mean i also it's squint a, a lot pick. when i'm outside um it, it it's a nice pick but people i don't know when i see sunglasses i think like 
are they hiding something? But you're not hiding anything, which I guess is evident in, in other pictures, too. Also, I know sometimes people are like, oh, post pics with people so you look social. I don't want to have to figure out who you are in, in a group, even though it's obvious in these, um, which one is you. It's just like, I know who are these other people? Do one group pick. Yeah, maybe one. And ha- towards the end, once we already figured out what you look like. Right. There, there's one of you kind of cozy with uh, a guy. Maybe people are going to think you're, you know, you're a couple hunting for a unicorn. Oh, no. That is. I, I don't know. That is a major possibility when swiping through these apps. So try to make it clear. We're not sure how you identify uh, if you're queer or lesbian or bi, but I think that either way, I don't know. I don't think people are going to get excited about seeing a picture of you with a dude, right? Just because you seem to be um, holding his leg yeah, with your hand on his thigh. Yeah, he's sitting on you. Uh, you're looking a little cozy. Some people might be like, what's what's that situation there? Are they looking for the unicorn? Yeah. We don't know. So- Otherwise, good job putting your sign on there. We're still signaling. You're funny. You're letting your sense of humor show with your answers to the questions. Yes. Like, after work, you can find me asleep, dude. Life is hard. Okay, this person gets it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of great stuff uh, to to work with. I would just... Um, you're aware that you're on a dating app when you're about me. Like, give me a reason to not be here. I think that's yes. a great way to just um, disarm someone scrolling through. Yeah. And being, yeah, fully transparent. You're doing a great job. Maybe just swap one of the sunglasses picks, probably the one with the girl reflected in it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, because I feel like like dogs, people, people love dogs. People want to know. And then we have good cat representation on the quickest way to my heart is asking me about my cat. Yes, you have all your bases covered. So so good luck. Uh, I think that uh, you'll do great. Just be patient. Naps are hard. Do we think anything is missing? Um, say you get on the apps and what would you want to see? On someone's profile, what would you want to know? I think I have everything that I need to know here. I like that the answers are again. I don't know how Bumble is, but I like that all the answers are short and sweet and fun. Yes. Uh, that it doesn't seem like you overthought it. It just I get a sense of um, of who you are. Um, yeah, your sign. You're vaccinated. Good, good, good. Good stuff. Um, great height. You know, one of the best heights you can be um, from my really? personal experience. Yeah. Me five, and Cecilia five. are both 5'5". Five, five. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, really? Because I thought the perfect one was uh, my height. 5'7". <laughs> I we'll agreed to disagree. No. Okay. Okay. You're doing great. Yeah. Wow. This was fun. Feel free to keep us posted. I know this. <laughs> more of this. Yeah. I want to see because we're so like <laughs> not on the we're apps. Not, yeah, so not on the What's apps, and we're so curious, and we're both very nosy, gossipy yeah. people, and this is perfect for us, and hopefully you. I mean, I'm sure if we keep getting different profiles, we'll have some things we might want to shout out to remove or tweak. Yeah, I think yeah. we're still good judges of a profile. 
even though For we're sure. not on there swiping. Oh, yeah. No, our opinions are, are top notch, Mel. Maybe even better than someone who is on them. Fresh eyes. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of, uh, you know, but but at first glance, I'm like, this is great. This person has my interest. You can send screenshots of your dating app profiles or you can send an actual question. Uh, send it to dykingout at gmail.com and we will add it to the queue. If you are a patron, your question goes to the top of the list. You can sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash dykingout. You should be following us on social media. If you're not, what you doing? It's uh, Diking out on, you know, you know where to find you us. You know. For me, it's TGI Carolyn. For me, it's Melody Kamali. Thank you so much for diking out with us yet again this week. I can't wait to see you guys next Tuesday. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.